Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to our Routes Through Pokemon podcast. We're still a fairly new podcast, and and going through some growing pains and learning uh, the difficulties of equipment issues and locations for recording and everything. Um, so thank you for bearing with us through our first handful of episodes, and uh, I hope that you can struggle through with us in the next couple as uh, we ran into some audio issues. Um, I think we've got most of those things fixed, and we've finally come to a better place of recording. So in the next uh, three or four episodes, I believe, maybe five, I, I don't remember, hopefully things will be a little bit more consistent in quality. And we will still be continuing to try to progress, get better equipment and such, but we're working with what we got for now. <laughs> and we hope that you are able to enjoy the show still uh, as we continue forward. Thanks again. Now here's the episode. Welcome to Routes Through Pokemon Adventures. These are the episodes where we journey through the manga and anime to catch up to where we are in the video game. I'm your host, Shaylock. I'm Ruby. And today we have our first guest star, Rosella. Hi, Rosella. How's it going? Good. Happy to be here? Yes. Good. All right. So welcome to the show, Rosella. Well, why don't you, uh, since you're new to it all, uh, tell us your history with Pokemon. Like, when did you uh, first hear of it, get into it, learn about it, what you've done with it? I think we used to, like, watch the shows, like, um, a few years ago. And then, uh, um, me and my sister, around Christmas time, got Let's Go Eevee, and Daddy got Let's Go Pikachu. Incorrect. Eh? You and Ruby got Let's Go Pikachu. I got Let's Go Eevee. Because Eevee was my favorite Pokemon. Whoopsies. (laughs) Then we played that some bit, and then I felt like it was like a pause in Pokemon, and then we're like, yeah, so... Yeah, no, I think you're right. So, like, and I talked about this a bit when me and Ruby started, started this podcast, but, like, I grew up uh, as a teenager. When I was a teenager, I'd learned some stuff about Pokemon. Um, I had discovered the cartoon show when I would babysit my younger cousin because I didn't really get to watch a lot of TV at home. So I was watching TV with him and Pokemon came on and I got a, got hooked on the cartoon. I'm like, well, this is really cool. And then me and your uncle, when we were growing up, we used to play a game called Magic the Gathering, which was a card game where you fought each other with like summoning monsters and stuff. And the company that put out Magic the Gathering eventually came out with a Pokemon card game. So it used to be owned by that company. Now it's not owned by that company anymore. But it, the Pokemon card game we all play is an extension of that game. Um, and and I had a couple of friends. I never owned a Game Boy growing up. Um, but I had some friends that did. And they played Pokemon Red and Blue, which were the first Pokemon games. And I only played with those a little bit. Like, I... Uh, they would let me borrow, the, like, not borrow, but, like, when I was visiting, they would let me, like, play on it for a little bit, but, like, I couldn't start my own save, because you can only have one save on those, right? So, um, so I only just kind of dabbled in it a bit. And then I did try to play Red or Blue or something on an emulator, where I, like, downloaded it onto my computer and played it. Um, and I played some, but I never beat it, I don't think, that way. And then, around the same time with, like, the Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu, and all that stuff, 
I had also gotten Fire Red and Leaf Green, which are remakes of Red and Blue. And the reason it's called Leaf Green is because in Japan when they came out, it was actually Red and Green, not Red and Blue. So then I would play that, and I was playing with your brother, your oldest brother. Okay. Um, but he wouldn't play a lot, like he would get bored or want to do something else, or like maybe not even bored, but like he had other things he wanted to do. And I wanted to play with him because I wanted to play with somebody so I could trade. And then you and your sister, you specifically, had shown some interest in wanting to do it too. So then I had also gotten like Pokemon Crystal and Pokemon Gold or Silver or something like that on the 3DS and the 2DS. Because I also bought a 2DS so that I could have two systems so that we could do that kind of stuff. Um, Because I thought, well, maybe I could play the second game with you or something like that because you seemed interested. But like again, a lot of that just kind of fell to the wayside. You had other things you wanted to do. Everybody had other things they wanted to do. And so then I really went anywhere. Um, but I finished playing Leaf Green, and I think that's the first time I ever beat a Pokemon game then. Um, and also in that time frame, me and your mom would play Pokemon Go, because that had just come out. And we played that a lot, especially during um, some long trips we'd had to take up uh, to another city for other obligations three times mm-hmm. a week, if you remember that whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, then you're right. Then it kind of just died out for a little while. We didn't really do much with it, because I was into it, but not everybody else was really, except for maybe watching the cartoon sometimes off the computer and stuff, because had a bunch of episodes on there. But then, a little bit down the road, I got back into Pokemon Go, not that, like, a year or so ago, and the Pokemon was never completely gone from my life, but it's just not a lot, right? And I also bought the Pokemon box with, like, the three different decks in it, so we could learn how to play the card game. And I had gotten Pokemon... Arceus or Arceus, uh, I forget how to pronounce it, but Arceus. I know that's what a lot of people around here call it, but I don't know if it's. I don't remember if that's the correct pronunciation. Um, but uh, so I had that and played a lot of that because I was also really into like the samurai setting of it all and everything, like the old style Japanese setting. I like how it's like um, where you have to go build your own balls and you don't just buy them. Yeah. You don't just buy them from the Poké Center or whatever. You have to go find the items and then go make it. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and how you can sneak up on them and then throw the balls. Yeah, yeah. The game is yeah. a lot of fun. Um, and so that really helped reinvigorate it. And so then I thought, well, I really want to play the actual like series of games where like Red and Blue, uh, Gold and Silver, Ruby and Sapphire, all that, right? And so then I had Pokemon Platinum and Pokemon Pearl. And so I'm like, hey, Ruby. You want to play these? So we did. But then I'm like, you know, it would be really fun to do a podcast as we play through the whole series. Would you be willing to go back to, like, the old school black and white ones? And she was. So that's why we were doing Red and Blue. So that's how we were getting all involved in it. And then with all that, I've been trying to collect all the games then so I can have them all when I go through them, right? Which led me to also getting Sword and Shield and... You had a Pokemon that you had become infatuated with before I got Sword and Shield um, through the cards or whatever. I don't know how you learned. Maybe just watching Pokemon Journeys or something. But there was a specific Pokemon that you were really into. Who was that? I think it was Scorbunny. Yes, Scorbunny. Because I like Flareon, Scorbunny, and Cyndaquil. Yes. you like your Because f- what, what, what type of Pokemon seems to be your favorite? Fire! Fire. Even though I argue that you should be a grass type trainer. Um, I played this fairy game on Roblox, yeah. and I did this test where, like, there was a different types, like, almost Pokemon types, except fairy. Sure. And then I did the test, 
and it showed me as grass. Yeah, nature fairy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's your personality, but for some reason you want your fire, just like your older brother. Um, and then, of course, your older sister, she's the water trainer, right? Yep. Or Or ice. She's She's kind of grown towards the ice stuff a little bit. Especially. Well, she's water and ice. Yeah. Uh, well, in the card game, they're both the same, right? Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, you really like that. So when I got Sword and Shield, despite the fact that I want to go through all the games with up with it side by side with Ruby to to podcast about it. Other people want to play Pokemon games with me, like your younger brother did. All this stuff. Everybody wants to do that stuff because it seems exciting. Because me and Ruby are doing it, right? So it's, and I just like it. playing games with you. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. So we have recently started playing through Sword and Shield together, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course you chose Score Bunny because you want your Cinderace. Um, and I chose Sobble because. In my playthrough with Ruby, being the water trainer, she takes all the water Pokemon. Because that was always my favorite, was Squirtle in the first one. Um, so Quite I liked, so I liked the water Pokemon because of that. But she's like, I'm the water trainer. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll go somewhere else. And so since it was me and you playing, and eventually me and Ruby will play Sword and Shield, and I'll play the different one. Because right th- through this, you're playing Sword, I'm playing Shield, right? I'm playing Sword. Yeah. 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 So then when me and Ruby play, I'll play Sword, and she'll play Shield. Um, but then that's when I'll take Grookey. Okay. Because I do like the grass types. Rillaboom. Yeah. There's only one time that I'm going to take the water type from Ruby, and that's when we get to a different generation that we're not on yet. But, um, and she's kind of upset about it, but she'll get over it. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of how we, like, recap a little bit of my journey in here and why me and Ruby are doing this, but also how... It's circled around in the family and other people are involved, right? Yeah, so that's been fun. And then also Scarlet and Violet, me and Ruby are actually playing that slowly when we've, like, if we've made it to another gym and we haven't recorded that episode yet, then we'll do a little Scarlet and Violet. Um, Because I really was excited for it to come out, and so I want to play it. And so then when me and Ruby get to it, we'll switch and, because I'm playing Violet, she's playing Scarlet, because I was most excited about Violet. So then when we play for the podcast, we'll flip it around. Which means I also chose a different Pokemon than I will normally choose. Yeah, you're, I was thinking Violet was the red and then Scarlet was the purple. And yeah. then it was confused. Which I'm actually a little annoyed about now because I should have started with Scarlet and let her play Violet so that when we get to it in the podcast, we can flip it back around. Because like, when we did red and blue, I'm doing blue, she's doing red. Gold and silver won't matter. But then when we get to ruby and sapphire, ruby and sapphire are just different shades of red and blue. And you know she's going to play Ruby, because she's Ruby. And I'll play Sapphire. So that'll be like a theme, right? Red and blue, red and blue. And then when we get to Sword and Shield, I'll be playing Sword, and she'll be playing Shield. And what are the colors on those boxes? Blue and red. Blue for Sword, red for Shield. So when we get to Scarlet and Violet, then I technically should be playing Violet for the podcast, and that's not how it's going to go. So we'll have flipped the colors. So I'm a little annoyed about that. Not a big deal, but a little annoyed. Um... Yeah, and that one I'm playing Fuego Coco. When when I play for a real, I'll be playing Sprigatito. I'm playing Violet by myself just because I want to. And even though I'm a fire trainer, I choose Sprigatito. <laughs> <laughs> She's just so cute. Yep. So. The face. Yeah. Fuego Coco is actually pretty cute too. I'm not that interested in Quaxley that much. Although, although, 
Your mom thinks the Quackley's final evolution is pretty cool. Uh, so who is your favorite Pokemon out of all the ones you know? I'm going to have to say Eevee. Oh, Eevee. What's your favorite Eevee evolution? Flareon. <gasps> Shocker. Um, who, so Eevee shows up even in the very first game, Red and Blue. If you were to start Red and Blue, the three starters are Charmander, Squirtle, Bulbasaur. Who would you choose? Charmander. Not surprised. Yeah. Because so, that's where we're at right now, journeying through the Kanto region, or Kanto, um, and in the anime as well. Um, who's your favorite character in the anime? But what do you mean? Like, out of the characters we know so far? Yeah. Or, wait, and, is that the comic book or the show? Anime is the cartoon. Okay, um... Because, I mean, what, we got Ash, we got Gary, we got Ash's mom, we got Professor Oak, we got... Brock and Misty, um, and then a handful of other characters like Bill and AJ and stuff. They're only there like an episode or whatever. But I'm gonna have to say my favorite character is Ash because he's always messing up. Oh, and Jesse and James. Forgot Jesse and James and Meowth. They're kind of important. Or any Officer Jennies or Joys. But Ash is your favorite character. Yeah. That's fine. He's funny. He is funny an idiot sometimes but he's funny yeah um and in the cartoon who's been your favorite pokemon so far i'm gonna have to say psyduck (laughs) i love psyduck so much he's a great character that's a good choice i approve of your choice rosella (laughs) and oh with the manga because you've been reading the manga too um and so far we've only made it to the safari zone in the manga so our main character of Red has defeated Brock. He has his Pikachu. He has his Poliwrath now because he also defeated the uh, Lieutenant Surge on the boat. Um, he has Snorlax with that whole bike trail when he was riding the bike on the race. Remember that? Sorry. Okay. Um, so he has he has Snorlax. He has Bulbasaur. That was one of the first ones he got from Professor Oak. He started with Poliwhirl, but um. He got Bulbasaur really quick. Um, so he's Bulbasaur, Pikachu, Polyrath, Snorlax. He does have an Eevee as well from the Grass Gym situation, where that where that Eevee kept turning into the three different types. Remember yeah, that? That was fun. That was weird. But poor Eevee. Yeah, but it, Eevee's with him now, um, and he might have a Nidoran. So I mean, Eevee's your favorite Pokemon. So out of the other Pokemon that Red has, who would be your favorite? Hmm. So that would be like Polyrath, Snorlax, maybe Nidoran, Pikachu. Um, yeah, those are the ones I can think of at least. What does Snorlax do? Snorlax is the big sleeping Pokemon. Does he do anything else? I mean, he can do all kinds of stuff, sure. He's a Pokemon, so he can attack and tackle, and I think he can probably learn Seismic Toss and Ooh. sit on people. and uh... <laughs> Sit on people. Uh, he also definitely has a move called Rest, where he puts himself to sleep, but it heals him completely. It's an annoying move when you're trying to catch him. Probably. At that point, I would just throw a Pokeball. Yeah. You'd probably be just as lucky as your sister. Um, Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur? That's a good choice. I like Bulbasaur. So not Pikachu, huh? Because Pikachu... What do you think of Pikachu? He's the most popular Pokemon, I would say. Like, he's like the mascot of Pokemon. He's Ash's Pokemon. Red got him pretty shortly into the story. He's on the covers of everything. Like, Pikachu is... The man, right? 
not a man, he's a Pokemon, but you know what I mean. Yeah. What do you think of that Pokemon, specifically? Do you like po- Do you like Pikachu? I mean, yeah, but yeah. I'm... There's a lot of other ones you prefer? Yeah. Sure. That's cool. All right, well, now that we got to know Roselle a little bit, let us get into the anime episodes. So, uh, this week, or, well, last week, um, Ruby and I had finished the Fuchsia City Gym, so we got our fifth badge at the um, Poison Gym, where we had all kinds of fun with a lot of actual psychic Pokemon as well, and ghosts not working the way we expected them to. Yes. Um... And now, in the manga, he actually skips this gym because he fights Koga throughout the book earlier, uh, like at Mount Moon and stuff, because Koga's working with Team Rocket. Um, and so instead, he actually just does Safari Zone stuff. So we'll catch up with that later when we also do some Safari Zone Safari, Safari Zone anime episodes. So this week, we're just doing a bunch of anime, which is good because we also have a couple of episodes to catch up on because, one, we skipped due to its band and then uh, rearrangement in episodes, so it was earlier. And one, somehow, I just forgot to mention, which was The Primate Goes Bananas, which takes place right before the Grass Gym. Um, but we'll cover that right before we get to the Punchy Pokemon, since those are kind of related. Alright, so we will start with episode 18, which is called Beauty and the Beach. What do you guys think about this one? Oh, I think I liked it. Is this one of the banned episodes? Uh, yeah, it was banned and then it was released later, I think. So most of it's been dubbed in English. However, when they released it, they still cut out a chunk. That's why when we went back and watched it, we also watched it with the Japanese part put back in. But it was all in Japanese instead of English. Yep. So we had to read the subtitles. because Mostly because of James's beauty pageant outfit, which they kind of just skip over that entire part of the plot in the American version. I mean, at least we have the episode. Because, <laughs> of course, it's a beauty pageant, and they're dressed up in, like, swimsuit gears and stuff, and Jesse and James are in bikinis, because, of course, James always dresses as a woman in his disguises. Yep. Almost always, anyway. So, yeah, very weird. Um, but, yeah, the this episode's episode is supposed to take place right after the island of giant pokemon which were all those robots if you remember those at all i do yeah they end up on an island with a giant pokemon and they get separated from their uh own pokemon and so like pikachu teams up with like bulbasaur and squirtle and meowth and ekans and coughing as they're trying to find their masters because they all got separated from their masters i sort of remember okay and then right after that it's supposed to be this episode, and then following this episode is the whole episode with the Tentacool and Tentacruel situation. Where Tentacruel takes over Meowth's mind, basically, and t- uses him to talk for him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this takes place between. Um, and it has a... Um, which, the giant Pokemon was right after the whole Saint Anne sinking situation. And the Gyarados doing their little Dragon Fury thing, or whatever it was, I forget, but they're... They spin around a bunch, and that's what sends them all yeah. to the island giant Pokemon. Um, this episode also explains why Professor Oak and Ash's mom are in town in the next episode and stuff, too, because I think they were in the Tentacruel episode as well. I don't remember if they were... I could be wrong, but I, I thought they were wrong, because well. they're all still on that same, like, island-ish, like, town, seaside town, whatever it is. 
it's kind of fun because both the boys are weirded out when Misty shows up looking like a real girl, apparently, because apparently her outfit doesn't look like a real girl's outfit generally, I guess, to them. <laughs> I think they're just weird. When uh, Misty shows up on the beach while they're playing in the water, she's in a swimsuit and they're like all stunned because she looks like a real girl instead of her regular tomboyish style. <laughs> Um, of course she's annoyed by them for that. But then they all end up stealing a boat together because they somehow misunderstood everybody else's actions for getting on the boat and thought they were all just climbing on a boat because somebody else was there. Brock was following Pikachu. They had to get him off the boat. Ash thought Brock had gotten permission to use the boat or something, so he was on there and Misty got on because the others were there. Mm-hmm. And then they lose control of it because of Team Rocket and their stupid little Gyarados sub that knocks them off course. And they crash the boat, and then the owner of the boat, who owns a little restaurant as well, gets after them, and then so they agree to work it off and help his restaurant. Um, meanwhile, a neighboring restaurant is doing much better business, and Team Rocket is actually working for them, I think because they want repairs for their sub or something. Yeah. yeah, their sub broke. Yeah, so they need to earn money to repair their sub. Um, so then there's, of course, a rivalry between the restaurants with... Ash and them fighting back and forth, and then so Ash and the rest use their Pokemon to help get things going really quick and well, and help serve tables and all that stuff. And like Bulbasaur is like waiting tables. So they're doing awesome. So of course, Team Rocket, needing the money for their restaurant so that they can get money, start sabotaging the other one, which drives all the customers away. Banana peels. Well, that and they threw like gasoline or something under the fire where Charmander's breathing and things like that. Yeah, whatever it was. So yeah, they cause all kinds of havoc. So then, and the and the guy that runs the restaurant, he really wants to take his boat and retire somewhere, or take a vacation somewhere, or something. He wants to explore the world. Yeah, with his yeah. boat, but he needed the funds for it. And then I think and that's around. Also, oh, go ahead. And he also owes somebody else, the other restaurant's owner, money. Oh, that's right, because she ends up uh, having some situation where she can basically take it from them all. Um, I think that's about the time Oak and Ash's mom show up, and it's because they're part of some volunteer program helping with some stuff. Um, I think they're just on, like, an exploring... No, they said they were with a, a group of people that, like, yeah. some a volunteer group, though. Oh, it's volunteer? I think sure? so. I think so. I thought it was just for them to... I thought it was a Yeah, tour group. Maybe it's a tour group. I thought it was just some kind of... Maybe. Maybe you're right. I, I don't remember. Anyway. They they show up around then, and that are the, I think they're the ones that point out the beauty pageant thing. Mm-hmm. So then they're like, okay, we'll do that. So if, And it's a beauty pageant and a costume contest. So, like, Misty enters with, and then she uses her, what, star, star you and Asha Squirtle to be, like, a so, UFO or something? Yeah. It was so weird. And, um, and then, like, Ekans, or no, sorry, yeah, e- yeah Ekans and Coughing... Atkins wrapped around coughing show up to look like Ammonite or something, Amistar, one of the two. Mm-hmm. The little snail fossil Pokemon. Well, part of the reason they were doing this is to advertise their restaurant, because there were going to be a lot of people there. Mmm, that's right, that's right. So yeah, they had the pageant going, and Brock, for some reason, ends up being the one, like, hosting it kind of thing. Like, he's the one talking and introducing everything. Yeah, that's really weird. Don't know how he got that position. And then... Gary ends up showing up with all his little cheerleader pals. Um, and he has them, like, all entered. Yeah, and of course he makes fun of Ash while he's there. And 
Because he's up in, on stage with them. Yeah, and so then Ash gets down there, and they get into an argument, and then somewhere amongst all that, Team Rocket tries to cause even more problems with their Gyarados sub that can now apparently drive on land. Well, the lady found out that that's what they were trying to get money for, so she fixed it, but she said they needed to do something for her. Mm, that's right, yeah, so they were going to sabotage the whole thing. And so then, you know, they're causing a bunch of problems, everybody's, you know, getting into action, and by the end of it all, the sub smashes into the mean ladies, who's a short, ugly-looking little lady, her restaurant, and it explodes, and so Team Rocket and the lady blast off, and her whole restaurant is destroyed. Mm-hmm. And okay. what's... I'm pretty sure the heat-seeking missile started aiming towards the ocean. That's right. They shot a heat-seeking missile, and then Charmander burned its sensors so that it went, for for some reason, that made it decide to go attack the Gyarados tank sub, and then, yeah. And the Gyarados tank sub ran away. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, then it's smashed into the thing and blew everything up, and the trophy ended up in Oaks and Mash's mom's possession, and the guy got to go sailing on his boat. And it had Ash's name on it? Yeah, I didn't really understand the trophy thing. The trophy from what? From I'm guessing from the pageant, but it had Ash's name on it, which didn't make much sense to me. Maybe because they saved them. Yeah, maybe. Of, like... That's yeah. weird. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. It, the episode was a little, like, didn't make a ton of sense at points, and that could be just because of some of the editing they did, but I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But what's great about it is that the lady... She's the one that's rebuilt, like, that building that's at the end of the Tentacruel episode. She's rebuilding her restaurant. Like, it looks exactly like the restaurant that we saw, except just frames, because she's hammering away. And then, I think it's Nastina is the other lady's name, who looks just like her, who's the main bad guy in the Tentacruel episode. And she comes crashing down into that building, demolishing it again, and she's like, Oh, nice, thanks for dropping in, cousin, or whatever. So they were related. Yeah, like, she's... He just stopped dropping it. Yeah, something and like that. Nasty is like, what are cousins for? Yeah, something like that. Alright, and then, catching up to where we left off in the anime and stuff last time is episode 27. We have Hypno's Nap Time. And uh, it's been a little bit since I actually watched this episode, so I don't remember it too super well. I just remember that the kids are missing or something. Well, they go into town and. When the trio goes into town, a lady runs up to Ash and starts hugging him, like, and is like, I missed you, but she only saw his back. Oh, that's right. She thought it was one of the missing kids, so the kids aren't missing. That was her missing kid, and Ash is like, I don't know you. And then Officer Jenny explains it, and the the Pokemon in the Pokemon Center are also acting weird. Mm, Yeah, I forgot about that. Pikachu starts acting weird. So they try to go figure it out. Yeah, what I remember most are two things. Well, three things. Hypno's the one involved in putting everybody to sleep, and some group of people want him to do this for some reason. They didn't realize it was doing everything it was doing, though, I think. Well, they had they were old. I think they suddenly had trouble sleeping or whatever, so... Mm, and they didn't realize it was hitting everybody, because yeah. it was being amplified somehow. Mm-hmm. But the, the other things that I remember for sure is that... Ash is all excited to be a detective on the case. <laughs> I think even maybe Brock is too, but definitely Ash. And that Misty gets hypnotized into thinking she's a seal at one point. Seal, seal. <laughs> Those so, are the things that I remember. They follow Misty because she thinks she's a seal because 
to hypno hypnotize her and they follow her next to like a lake where there's a bunch of the kids and they're all pretending they're different pokemon oh that's right they get hypnotized into thinking they're pokemon one's flopping around and going so they're all acting like pokemon like wild pokemon which is why they're not home yeah one was flopping around in water going carp 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 poor kid thinking it's a magikarp wants to be a magikarp so they needed like drowsy was the one putting them all in that state i think or was it hypno i think it must be hypno because it's hypno's nap time Okay, but Drowsy's the one who fixes it. Oh, that's right. They get Drowsy to fix the situation. Right. Well, cool. And then everything's all hunky-dory, and this really has no bearing on anything in the game or the manga. But <laughs> then there's Pokemon Fashion Flash, and that's where they end up in a like a popular breeding area of some city. I forget which city. It's another Brock random... wanted to go there. Yeah, it's another random city that doesn't exist in the game. Yeah, because she's an award-winning breeder, um, so he wanted to go visit her, and he's all nervous and stuff. And she has a really beautiful Vulpix there that Misty tries to pet, but it doesn't like strangers petting it, so it burns Misty's face off. Well, um, before they get there, they see another salon. Yeah, new, a, a new salon called Salon Roquet. And there's a coughing and a Neckins all dressed up with lipstick and... They look ridiculous. They do. They really do. They look hideous. And even with them looking like that, the three are like, have I seen them somewhere? Eh, probably not. Yeah, that's the that's the thing about the Team Rocket disguises. They almost always work on the gang. Um, it's just so dumb. It is. It's hilarious. But, uh... Yeah, I just love that they're Team Roquet and they have like a fancier R for their logo. Yeah. And Roque is just rocket, but pronounced fancy. Pronounced as Roque. It's just hilarious to me. But yeah, then they end up at the breeder place, and the Vulpix ends up really liking the food that Brock makes for all the Pokemon. Like Pikachu, I think Pikachu was eating it or something, but then Vulpix starts eating it. it. Yeah, and so she's really impressed with Brock, and Brock wants to be her pupil. Like he wants to learn from her because she's won awards. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole debate about what matters most is what's on the inside of the pokemon or the outside of the pokemon because there's a lot of people that are taken up by the outside fashion that uh salon roque is pushing um misty likes it she wants to yes and then she gets convinced that psyduck is the one that needs that makeover so she decides to go take psyduck over there after an argument with ash and instead she gets made over right off the bat and she actually looks kind of fun. Like, I, I don't mind her makeover at first until after she's excited about it and Team Rocket's excited about it, then they decide to do more, and it's too much. She looks like a flipping clown after that. Yeah. I think um, she still likes it, though. Yeah, I think so. She's weird. I like the first one, but not the second. No, the first one was and great. And Meowth pops up and goes, what are you doing? And then yep. she's like, wait. I know that, and then yeah, she gets it captured. Was, yeah, Meowth is what reveals that it is Team Rocket to her. So okay. then, because he, he scratches their clothes off too, and reveals who they are. I think. Yeah. But uh, what's funny to me is that Team Rocket seemed to be loving their new job, like it was supposed to be a ploy to kidnap Pokemon. But Jesse and James loved doing the makeovers. They were having so much fun, and they were actually making money at this legitimate business because because yep. Meowth was counting the money, like they were doing well. And then, and the reason Misty got to go in there really quick is because everybody left because there was a seminar thing going on at uh, the other breeder's place. 
Yeah. Where she was describing stuff and doing massages and stuff. And had Ash even massage Pikachu's cheeks or something. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Pikachu. Yeah, Pikachu. Yeah, we have a stuffed Pikachu holding a pumpkin hanging out with us today. Um, but, uh, yeah, so then... But Psyduck, when she got kidnapped, immediately fled. And, of course, she's all mad at Psyduck ditching her to be captured by Team Rocket. But that's not what Psyduck did. He ran over back to the other salon and tried to communicate the issue, which Pikachu basically was able to also communicate to Ash, even though they just used Pokemon speak. So they all go running off to Salon Roquet, and they get into a battle. And, of course, in this scene... Like this episode, we have Vulpix as the new star, so all the rest of the Pokemon suck and fail, and Vulpix gets to do like the finishing touches. <laughs> yeah, because that's but, what they always do to promote the new Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like but the at the end, yeah, Fire Spin. After Misty gets rescued, she still gets, starts yelling at Psyduck. Yeah, not about it. not even realizing that Psyduck is the one that had helped her. Um, poor Psyduck, and uh, yeah, of course, then they win and be Team Rocket, like usual. and But what's most significant about the episode is that by the end of it, the lady, who was the famous breeder, decided she needs to travel the world again. And while she's doing it, she wants Brock to look after Vulpix on his journey. And Brock is, one, excited to have kind of like a rival in the breeder world. Um, yeah. Kind of like a Gary to a- Ash, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the trainer stuff. But then he gets Vulpix, which, of course, he's going to take care of. And it's just really interesting because Vulpix does show up in later episodes. Like, he uses Vulpix on occasion. And it's not a rock Pokemon. And he's always using rock Pokemon. Well, that's not true. He had Zubat, too. But usually it's his Geodude. Well, I mean, Zubat isn't a cave. Yeah. But immediately, Misty wants to... Or is this in a different episode that Misty wants to trade Psyduck for Vulpix? I don't know if she ever offers that trade. I don't recall this. She does. Um, Maybe it's at the other gym that they go I know the other gym, somebody offers a trade with her, and she refuses. No, no, no. At the beginning, though, at the, the other one, she wanted to trade. And then when she says no at the end because she figured out that Psyduck is actually pretty great, then Rock's like, oh, but you were so excited to trade earlier. Or mm, Ash or somebody. So that's probably in that same episode, then. Yeah, I guess. Okay. So, yeah. But it happens. I believe you. All right, so then that was Pokeball Fashion Flash. Now we go a little bit back in time again to episode 20, because that was 28. We go to 25, Primeape Goes Bananas. And I understand why I skipped this episode when I was talking about it before, because there's not really anything too significant that happens here. Basically, Ash tries to catch a Mankey while they're on their way to sell it on City. He fails and catches a rice cake, which they call a jelly donut. Um, because of weird translation stuff to make it more relatable to the audience that's listening but to it. But still, a jelly donut! <laughs> Doesn't look anything like one. Um, and then, eventually Mankey turns into Primeape and has also st- stolen Ash's hat. And he wants his hat back. I know Team Rocket gets involved too, but it doesn't go well because Primeape is dangerous. Yeah. Um, and somehow by the end of it, Ash gets Primeape. A bunch of people stare Primeape in the eyes. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to do that, according yeah. to the Pokedex thing. Yeah. yeah. Even, well, even though they know that, it, they still did it. Is this over the span of two episodes where he gets Primeape and then also fights with Primeape? The fighting is a different episode. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Just jumping all around in the episodes. Yes, you are. Um, but the reason I brought it up this older episode that I skipped now is because of the next episode. Oh. Because, um, okay. like, it's significant enough for this next episode, but as we'll find out by the end of the other episode, the whole Primeape arc really has no significance whatsoever. 
Um, so, like I said, it makes perfect sense that I just kind of, like, glazed over this episode, because there really is nothing too important here. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I'm, I think by the end of it, Team Rock is, like, surrounded by a bunch of Mankey or Primeape or something like that. Oh, yeah. Which sucks for them, of course, and it's hilarious, but that's about it. Yes. They kept turning around, looking at them all, and it's like, why? And I don't even remember how he convinces Primeape to go with him, uh, be captured, or if he even convinces him, and he just somehow was able to get him. I don't know. But he gets his hat back. And then that brings us to episode 29, the punchy Pokemon. Um, This one's interesting because uh, in the video game, we go to Celadon City, do the grass gym, right? And then we can get the water or tea or whatever for the people that are guarding Saffron City. We decided to go to Saffron City before going to Fuchsia City to do the next gym, or in before going to Lavender Town to do the whole Silph Scope to get the Poke Flute and all that jazz. But, um,. In Saffron, that's where the Psychic Gym is, but it was blocked off because Team Rocket has blocked off a lot of stuff in Saffron City by this point. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was another gym right next to the main gym, and it was a fighting dojo. So it wasn't an actual sanctioned gym. You don't get a badge from it. But it's a smaller gym, but it's a fighting gym. And this one's kind of about a fighting gym as well, which is interesting to me. Hmm. Um, And and it it involves... hmm? He gets a badge, though. Ash doesn't get a badge in this gym. This isn't a real gym. Primeape gets an award because he wins. Spoilers. Anyway, um, but here's the. I'm thinking of something else. Okay, but here's the thing. So, like, in the fighting gym in the dojo in the Pokemon game, if you get through them all, you get to choose one of two Pokeballs. And so you would either get Hitmonlee or Hitmonchan. And guess who are the stars of the punchy Pokemon? Hitmonchan and Hitmonlee. So, Mm -hmm. it was an episode to highlight them as well. So, it's kind of fun. But anyway. Ash sees a quote-unquote wild Hitmonchan, but it turns out it's not. It's just in training with some guy, and his daughter is also watching because she came traveling to find him because he's been gone from home for so long because he's so dedicated to this um, Pokemon tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, The P1 Championship or whatever. Pokemon 1 Championship. And so that whole introduction is she really wants him to come home, and so she asks for help, and of course Brock immediately offers to help. And Ash is like, yeah, we can help. And they're like, well, we don't have any fighting Pokemon. And Ash is like, well, I do. I have Primeape. I think Brock is the one who says that. Maybe. But basically they're like, hey, do we have a fighting Pokemon? And Ash is like, yeah, I got one. It's Primeape. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, right, we got a fighting Pokemon. So it seems to suggest you need a fighting Pokemon. Hitmonchan is a fighting type. Primeape is a fighting type Pokemon later, in the game. One pro- like, Team Rocket's reading the poster later, and it says, you need... A fighting type. Like, which it is, actually says that. Which is a significant plot point for them, because otherwise they would just enter with Ekans or Coughing, but they can't. So they beat up this guy called the Giant, who's really, really tall in a trench coat and hat, steal his clothes, and steal his Hitmonlee Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So, with all that said, when Ash is like, yeah, I got one, and then Geodude's like, yeah, or Geodude, Brock is like, yeah, I will enter with my Geodude. Geodude is not a fighting-type Pokemon. Not only that, it's a rock Pokemon. Therefore, it is weak to fighting-type Pokemon. Or fighting-type moves, I should say. It made no sense. Now, a lot of times they bend the rules for story reasons. But Brock had no significance to the tournament whatsoever. So I don't know why they forced him to be a part of it without a fighting-type Pokemon. It made no sense to me. The only thing that was good about it is that Geodude lost in his first match, which he should, since he was fighting fighting-type Pokemon. But then, 
So yeah, then of course, Jesse and James is dressed as the giant with Jesse as the top part and James as the bottom part. And her so pink hair. It's sticking right out of the hat. Sticking out. Um, and they come up with plans to cheat, so they put like some glue on the mat or something like that. Um, yeah. Oh. Like this mm-hmm. super sticky glue. Mm-hmm. And that's what stops Hitmonchan from winning, right? Yeah. So the guy, the guy who has the daughter. He... Well. They're in the towel. Yeah, he threw in the towel. Yep. And so then it's Primeape that's going to go against Hitmonlee in the finals. Mm-hmm. And um, they have a new plot to cheat as well, where they're going to electrify the whole thing. So they put a box underneath the whole thing mm-hmm. that they're going to turn on when Hitmonlee jumps. But Pikachu hears this plan, tries to warn Ash, but Ash is too focused on the match with Primeape and Hitmonlee. <laughs> right. So then Pikachu just goes under. And that's the last thing we see. Then we see... Hitmonlee do its jump to get onto the edges, and Team Rocket, like Meowth, hits the button, but nothing happens, and then, of course, Primeape wins the fight. And they're like, what, what happened? happened? And then Pikachu <laughs> comes right out holding the thing. Gives it to Meowth. Not... Meowth is thankful. Like, He's like, oh, oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks. And then explodes in their face. <laughs> and, of course, then they blast off again. Yeah, Pikachu just, like, walks out, hands it to Meowth, walks away. <laughs> It is a hilarious moment. It's like when Pikachu electrifies them except their own creation. Yes. So so this episode is just really annoying. and like I, I, There's some fun stuff, but it's really annoying because one, Geodude. Fighting type. Yeah. Dumb. The second thing I don't like is okay, so Primate ones. So they give him his big old belt that's for the P1 champion. He is the P1 champion. Uh-huh. So then later the guy's like, hey, I'm going to go back to my family and do stuff, but I also think you should leave Primeape with me, almost in a daycare kind of situation, right? Yeah. Um, So that I can train him to be a true P1 champion. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you win the P1 championship and you get the belt, you are therefore factually, so truthfully, a P1 champion. So how can he be any more true of a P1 champion? Yeah. Makes no sense. But it's an excuse to get rid of Primeape. Who we only got a few episodes ago. Like, we just talked about it last episode here. But, like, it was just a few episodes ago that he got it. So, like, what was the point? Ash needs to keep on some of his Pokemon. He really, just really stump. Stump. Anyway. Then we get to episode 30. Where they go to another city that doesn't exist. Called uh, Gringy City, I think it's called. Oh! And this Gringy one... Gringy City, I didn't catch that. That's the Yeah. That's and funny. it looks terrible. Like, it's got smoke and pollution. Because there's all these factories... Uh, the water is disgusting. I knew what Pokemon would be there right away. The mucks and grammars. Yeah, they yeah. they appear much later, but I knew immediately. Yeah. I'm like this town. Is and we grammars. and we get a a joy that is super like tired and bored all the time. Like she just yawns the whole time they're talking to her, and I seems mean, really unhelpful. It's late at night. Is it, or is it just dark from all the smog? I'm pretty sure it's late. Excuse me. I don't know. Like, she even mentions how they're supposed to be in bed right then. Oh, that could be. Anyway. But she's not super helpful. Most of the joys are. She's just like, eh. <laughs> yeah. Because um, Pikachu, they went there because Pikachu is acting like he has a cold. And like, yeah, he has a cold. That's what she says. She's, he's got a cold. So he's feeling under the weather. And meanwhile, Team Rocket is planning on sneaking into the Pokemon Center from underneath in the sewers, where it's all disgusting and smelly. And so he, Meowth is in like a nice little small device that only he can fit in to drive around in and be safe from all the smells and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he gives James and Jesse suits where he has a machine that pumps oxygen and like 
perfume or something in there to, yeah. pr- to protect them from the smell and keep them, you know, breathing while they go into the water. But they don't want to go in the water. But they do. He convinces them to go in. With he the suits. convince them. He electrifies them. Well, that was convincing. Yeah, he made the suits electric so that when they didn't want to go in, he electrified yes. them. Yes. They were convinced. <laughs> anyway. Um, but then all of a sudden, grimers and stuff clog up some of the water flow, which powers the power plant, which shuts all the power off in the city, which includes the pump to their suits. So they're gagging and dying in the water. And it also shuts down all the stuff at the Pokemon Center then, which there's a bunch of Pokemon in intensive care, apparently. Like, they're dying if they don't get patched up. And so now those machines don't work, so they're going to die. So Ash and gang are like, well, we'll go to the power plant and figure out what's going on. Pikachu, you stay here. They leave, Pikachu follows, because Pikachu won't stay. Nope. Um, And I don't remember too much about what happens to Team Rocket until the very, very end. Um, But I do know that when the gang gets to the power plant, they get freaked out because something's hovering around them. I think it's like a ghost or something, but it turns out to be a Magnemite, who blushes and stuff when it gets close to Pikachu and seems to be infatuated with Pikachu. And I think it's Brock that even mentions that it seems weird because it's an inorganic Pokemon, and usually inorganic Pokemon don't find anything interesting about organic. Like, they wouldn't have that kind of attraction to an organic Pokemon. So that's a mystery. But they can't shake this Magnemite. Um, And they eventually run, like, Grimers finally start flooding into the building. Yeah. And so there's a whole chase thing. Basically, it's almost like a horror movie where they all barricade themselves in the control room trying to save themselves from the Grimers and Mucks that are coming. And they fight them as they finally break in. And Pikachu is blasting away. But is getting tired and there's still too many coming. But then... Magnemite shows up with a bunch of Magneton, which are the Magnemite's friends, to go help protect Magnemite's love of Pikachu. Um, and they blast all the... Like, they create this, like, electric barrier, and then they, like, electrify them and stuff, and so then all that's left is, like, one muck who's still coming. And I think Pikachu delivers the final blow to that thing. Yeah. And then Ash catches it. And then we cut to being outside the plant, now that the oh, plant's and working. the Pokeball stings. Well, that's where I'm getting to. Oh. So, like... That, so the power plant's working, so then we just cut to them being outside, and it's I think maybe it is day now, actually. So you might have been right about it being night. Um, uh, and so while they're out there, they're like, oh, you can still smell muck in the Pokeball. Um, and then he eventually sends the Pokeball to Professor Oak, who's like, ah, yuck, a muck. <laughs> yeah. But while they're out there, the power plant guys see Magnemite and Pikachu not like Pikachu's like following Magnemite around but Magnemite is like not interested in Pikachu anymore suddenly and they're like oh well he probably just had built up a lot of electricity he needed to release it and when Pikachus do that they start showing cold like symptoms so he didn't have a cold he just had too much built up electricity Mm -hmm. which magnetized him which is why the Magnemite was following it because of the magnetic attraction so funny Team Rocket figured out that he was probably magnetized so they built a giant magnet in their sub and popped up out of the water. And they're like, all right, we'll turn that on and we'll catch that Pikachu because he'll come and sna- snap onto our magnet. And But they turn it on, and this is after we just learned that Pikachu is not magnetized anymore. And so instead, a bunch of Magneton fly to the big giant magnet, and they're heavy because it's a bunch of them, and they sink. Yep. <laughs> and that's Team Rocket's end for that episode. Um, so many times they would probably die. Yet they keep yeah. coming. Um, it's a kid's show, so they can't die. 
Um, so, uh, and so, yeah, that's how that whole thing wraps up. And they, hey, they're like, hey, you guys should, you know, take care of your area and, like, make it cleaner because this is not good. Yeah. Um, then we move on to episode 31, Dig Those Diglet. Trio, trio, trio. Trio, trio, trio. Trio, trio, trio. Alright. So this one, there's a bunch of construction work trying to be done, but their vehicles get, like, smashed into holes and fall into the ground or whatever and all this stuff because Diglett keeps digging all these things and causing troubles for this project. They're trying to build a dam, I believe. Yes. Um, but we'll just get this over with. The The plot here, basically, is that the dam is causing problems to the land, driving Pokemon. Like, it's it's stopping the habitat for the Pokemon and causing harm to them, and that's why they're trying to stop it. So that's the that's what they learn by the end of it. And so then they, of course, stop. But... The process of all this is that Ash and them show up, and the construction people think that they're the the first trainers to arrive at this call that they put out there for trainers to show up and help stop the Diglett problem. Mm-hmm. But they're not, of course, there for that. But then we do get a bunch of Pokemon showing up, and who's leading the charge? Gary, Gary and his cheerleaders are with him. And Brock flirts with them. They think he's older, but he doesn't care. He's desperate. <laughs> Brock is ridiculous when it comes to women. Um... Mm-hmm. But anyway, then a uh, bunch of Pokemon start launching, or trainers start launching their Pokeballs out at the Diglett, but they don't come out of the Pokeballs, and the Diglett just keep returning the Pokeballs yep. super fast. And we learn that they can move, like, faster than light in the ground or when they pop up or something like that. I don't know. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's a ridiculous like, feature of the Pokemon. But uh, during while they're all trying to figure out the Diglett problem, we have Team Rocket, who are just feeling really down and bummed out because they keep losing to the twerps. That's what they call them all the time. And they're trying to figure out what to do, and they're like, well, I got an idea. We need to evolve, induce evolution on our Pokemon. But then they're, like, having second thoughts. They're like, well, we don't want to because then they won't be Ekans anymore and coughing anymore. We love our Ekans and coughing. So they love their Pokemon, which is kind of sweet, I guess. They're weird, but, you know. Yeah. But, like, they don't want to do that. But it turns out, you can't really induce evolution on a Pokemon anyway. They have to experience level up. And it just turns out, while they're doing all this, Ekans and Coughing do evolve because it's just their time. So now we finally have Arbok and Weezing, which we'll have for the rest of the their journey there. Yep. Which is a little sad because I always loved the Coughing. And now he's just like, Weezing, Weezing. I like the Coughing better. Coughing is funny. Oh. <laughs> weezing is funny. He is, he is funny. Um, and I think they get into a short fight with their Arbok, Arbok and Weezing against Ash and them, but they lose, it, quick. They lose really quick. They, they, their main plot was just debating whether they should evolve their Pokemon and then the Pokemon evolving. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, then they learn that the Pokemon aren't helping against the Diglett because of what's going on, and so then they're like, oh, okay, we won't destroy this land by this with this dam. And yeah, and the guy's like, the Diglett being here is ruining the dam. But then later on at the end, he's like, oh, wait, us being here is ruining things for the Diglett. Exactly. I won't vote Because the Diglett's dig and the trio is a tree. I think you might be right. I forgot about that detail. And then we finally make it to the Fuchsia City Gym with the Ninja Poka Showdown. And here they go into like an old-style Japanese ninja mansion. 
before they do that when they're traveling, oh, sorry. Misty wants to trade her Psyduck with Brock's For the Vulpix, because the Vulpix is cute. Yeah, and Psyduck's And Psyduck is, is annoying. And I love Psyduck. useless. Ay, ay, ay. Psyduck's the best. Yeah, he's one of my favorite characters at this point. Um, as far as the Pokemon go. But yeah, the, so they get into this ninja mansion place, and there's like all kinds of booby traps. Because it's a ninja mansion. And then they get confronted by this girl with a Venonat, who says they can't leave until they battle her or something. Mm-hmm. So then Ash goes to battle her with Bulbasaur. Alright, now Bulbasaur is a grass-type Pokemon. Fortunately, he's dual-type in his grass and poison. So poison attacks won't hurt him, because grass is weak to poison. But he's not, because he's also poison. So he's okay there. But Venonat is also a bug, I believe, and probably knows some bug moves. Yeah. And grass is weak to bug moves as well. So, once again, Ash shows his lack of understanding of type advantages and sends out Bulbasaur when he has a Charmander. He needs a Charmander later. And being poison Pokemon, psychic Pokemon work really good against them too. Which we'll actually learn that, like, we actually get some psychic action later, which will be cool. Um, So, anyway, they get into a fight. I don't think anybody wins, right? No. Ash wins. Oh, does he win? Okay, so he wins. I remember this because I think it's really weird. Because later, another, the main guy is like, you can't leave until you fight me. And it's well, like, this doesn't even happen that much later. Somebody. It happens pretty quick after the lady there, Koga, shows up. The actual gym leader is like, what's going on around here? And then he's all like, now you can't leave unless you battle me. It's like, yeah. Which makes sense because he's the gym leader. The other lady, whatever. Yeah, that's, and he... I thought it was so dumb because I'm like, he just... Ugh. Yeah. And he has a Venomoth, so the evolved form of Venonat. And then Ash And this is the point where Ash actually uses a Charmander, which is great. Yes. But then of course Team Rocket shows up and causes no, they problems. Never cause problems. And actually I really this enjoyed the first. Oh, I forgot to mention this. One of the I did really I love it when they change up their motto. And so like in the punchy Pokemon, it was really fun when they start saying their motto, but they don't actually get to finish it because James is really struggling under the weight of Jesse on his shoulders and he eventually collapses and it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And this one, they do a whole like Kabuki theater thing where I think, I think Kabuki theater, I think that's the right term. Anyway, they do a whole theater thing and because they're in the, the ninja temple and uh, do this whole show and dance of it all, which is fun. I just, I love, I love it when they change up their stuff for their motto. Anyway. Um, so then, of course, they send out Arbok and Weezing, and it ends up, they end up using some kind of, like, webbing stuff or whatever to capture everybody, right? Mm-hmm. They end up stopping all the Pokemon from getting to them. Like, they can't fight. Yeah, I don't remember how that happened. But they do. Because there's some other traps that were being used, and then they use them back, and it's a whole thing. And they end up in a weird room that's all slanted to keep everybody off balance eventually. But... Misty's like, all right, I'm going to use Starmie. And before she can even throw anything out out of her bag, Psyduck pops out of his Pokeball like he loves to interrupt and do. She's like, Psyduck, I didn't want you. All right, I'll use Star you. But then Psyduck just kind of like is in the way still and is still going to be the one there. She's like, ugh, fine. What moves do you have? Oh, that's right. So they use the Pokedex to learn the moves of Psyduck. And the first one is Tail Whip. And so then, of course, he turns around and wiggles his butt and does, like, nothing. And they all laugh at how pathetic he is. Or be annoyed and groan about it like Misty. And then they're like, well, then Scratch. And so he uses Scratch, but it doesn't do much. Because he just has his little wings. It's so cute. And then they don't actually learn the new move for a little while. 
because mm-hmm. then he starts getting a headache and all that stuff, right? Yep. And I think even Arbok puts its whole mouth over his head at one point. <laughs> yeah. Which helps his headache get worse and worse, and then he's able to unleash psychic powers. His eyes glow blue or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, and then he also knows confusion and disable and confusion. And that's when he, like, is disable for some reason just freezes them in the air, which doesn't make any sense. That's not really what disable does. It just it's interrupts a move. Fine. And then he, like, telekinetically throws them all around with quote unquote confusion. It's fine. But, uh. Nemesis loves Psyduck. But yeah, then she's like, well, he's actually pretty impressive and stuff. So then by the end of all this, um, Ash and Koga are going to do their final battle. Mm-hmm. And they do that outside now, I think. Yeah, they, they fight outside. Yeah. Wait, before that. Was the trading before that? Yeah. Oh, okay. So after that whole incident, Koga's like, hey, that Psyduck's pretty neat. You want to trade? He and said she's... he'd be willing to trade his Venomoth. Right. And now, now Misty's like, well, and then the no. girl butts in and goes, "I want, I'd be willing to trade, be more than willing to trade my Venom now." Yeah, and she's like, "No," and Brock's like, "You were very willing to trade that earlier, right, for my Volpix." Yep. And then, then we get to Ash and Koga facing off outside, and Koga has Venomoth, and does Ash use Charmander here? He used another good type advantage like pikachu because he's flying or something oh maybe there could be pikachu is always getting all the fun but anyway ash wins he gets his his soul badge Mm -hmm. it's one of the actual wins to get a soul badge a lot of times ash is just given a a badge because with with the boulder badge the first one it was kind of a cheat of a win especially since electricity shouldn't have worked on onyx and then he's given it to it because of his heart basically and then the cascade badge he would have won if he was able to use Pikachu, and he was already kind of winning, but there was never really a conclusion because Team Rocket interrupted the whole match. So, th- whatever. And then the Vermilion badge he earned, that was against Lieutenant Surge, where he used his Pikachu against the Raichu. Oh. So he earned that one. The Cascade badge, or the Cascade, the Rainbow badge at the Grass Gym he didn't earn, he just rescued Gloom from the fire, and so it's like, mm-hmm. hey, you earned this Rainbow badge. So this is the second one that he's actually battled to earn. Yep. <laughs> and uh, that catches up to where we are in the game. And then we'll have a... So next week's episode should be back to Red and Blue and our journey to Sabrina. Which we've already covered in the anime because of the way the anime decided to go about things. But we'll also cover... Um, but then after that we'll have like the Safari Zone stuff... But we're gonna. There's gonna be a point in here where we're gonna have a few episodes back to back of these uh, routes through Pokemon adventures, because well, the anime has a lot of filler in between some of the gyms where there's a lot of stuff that happens and goes on. Yeah. So, uh, be like prepared for eight that. Eight of them? Huh? I think there's gonna be eight of them. Eight of what? Back to backs. No, it won't be that many. We're gonna have a handful of like back to back episodes and then back to the game and forth and stuff, and then once we finish Red and Blue. There's definitely going to be a lot of back-to-back ones because we'll have to go through the whole Orange Islands, which has nothing to do with the video games. And we'll be going through the yellow volumes in the uh, manga, which are more volumes than there are for the red and blue ones. Like, they're all part of the same set. But yellow has more than... Like, red and blue only have three volumes, whereas yellow has, like, four volumes. So, more. So, it's going to take us... We have a lot of adventure before we get to Johto in season two. All right, and now with the episodes, uh, the anime episodes talked about, we're going to 
also start a new segment I'm going to do periodically, I think, um, where we open Pokemon cards. Huh? Is this a for surprise? No. <gasps> yes! Alright, so, it looks like, well, I'm going to be doing Sword and Shield Brilliant Stars booster pack today. I'm going to be doing Sword and Shield Fusion Strike. Sword and Shield Astral Radiance? Astral Radiance. Astral Radiance. Uh, who wants to go first? Me! I'm pretty open. I'll let Rosella, our okay. guest, go first. I was just going to open it and then wait to read them. My bad. Alright, what do we got? Describe it for the audience. Hey, you should have your mic. Hoot hoot. Nice. Looks like he has an ability. Ability. Stand... Sentry? Stand Sentry. Basic energy attached to your bench Pokemon can't be discarded by an effect if your opponent's item or support cards. Cool. Cricketot? Cricketot. Cricketot. I like Cricketot. Tip over. Flip a coin. If heads, this attack does 20 damage. 20 more damage. 10. Pseudo Wudo. Ability. Vem. Vamoose? Uh, Vamoose. Vamoose. If this Pokemon has an energy or any damage counters on it, it has no retreat costs. And then double edge, 90 damage. No, that, we don't need all that stuff. This Pokemon also does 30 damage to itself. Mm. Combi. Drifloon evolves from this. Shielden. Shielden. Evolves from... What's that? Oh, unidentified fossil. Unidentified fossil. And is that is that your, like, special, like, shiny card or whatever? Like, it's got... It's... Yeah. It's a Magnazone. Ooh, Magnazone. That's a good... That's a good one for this episode. So we just talked about Magnemites and Magnetons. <laughs> Magnazone is a, a final evolution that's introduced much later. Perfect. Can I see it? Ooh. Giga Magnet. Once during your turn, you may look at the top six cards of your deck and attach any number of metal energy cards you find there to your Pokemon in any way you like. Shuffle the other cards back into your deck. Kirillia. Kirillia. Evolution of Routes. Teleporting first. Evolves from Routes. Grant. Grant. A Supporter card. Trainer card. He's a supporter. Uh, tra another trainer card. Item. Switch cart. That's cool. Me next. Alright, Ruby, what did you get? I got an Aracuda. His attack is peck. 10 damage. Ooh, water type. You like your water types. That's true. Snubble. In this one, he's a psychic type, but I think I've also seen him as a fairy type. Um, he has headbutt and bite, but they just need normal energies. They don't need actual psychic energies. <laughs> Geodude! Geodude! He's type. Okay, so, I mean, there is no rock or ground type in the Pokemon card game, so they do generally end up in the fighting type. That does not make them a fighting type Pokemon! <laughs> Oh, jeez. Okay, well, he has Rollout and Light Punch. Then I got Sizzlepeed, a fire Pokemon. 
Um, he is not an ember. Klefki, he's a metal type. I think I've also seen him as a psychic type. Hasn't he been both? Yeah, I think he's a ghost Pokemon, so. Ah. His special thing is unlock. It does 10 damage, and you draw two cards. Phalanx! Headbutt and cliff edge formation, 60 plus damage. If your opponent has exactly one prize card remaining, this attack does 160 more damage. Mm, so if you're really almost defeated, they can do a lot. Lattice! Dragon type. I think it might be Latius or something. That makes well, sense. Well, it has La- a Latius, dragon type. Ability Red Assist. Once during your turn, you may attach a Psychic Energy card from your hand to one of your Lados. Um, it's a Fire and Psychic mixture. It has no weakness or resistance. And Dyna Barrier is 70 damage during your opponent's next turn. Prevent all damage done to this Pokemon by attacks from Pokemon V Maxes. Ooh, that's cool. I got a Dark Energy. Um... Harima evolves from Makakuda, um, fighting type. Hariyama. Yeah. Makuhita. Um, its ability is Guts. If this Pokemon would be knocked out by damage from an attack, flip a coin. If heads, this Pokemon is not knocked out, and its remaining HP becomes 10. Um, it has Hammer in, which does 100 damage. Breloom evolves from Shroomish, Headbutt, and Impact Blow. It's a Grass type. Impact Blow does 150 damage. During your next turn, this Pokemon can use Impact Blow. Can't use Impact Blow. That makes more sense. Um, Then I got a trainer card. It's an item. Cross Switcher. You must play two Cross Switchers cards at once. This effect works on one time for two cards. Switch one of your opponent's bench Pokemon with their active Pokemon. If you do, switch your active Pokemon with one of your bench Pokemon. Ah, I didn't understand it. Alright, that's all of them. How about yours? Alright, well, let's see. Alright, I have Minchino, that little mouse guy. Mm. Um, normal type. We have, ooh, Chimchar. He's a starter Pokemon in one of the gens. That's exciting. I like Chimchar. Chime Echo. Oh, I've seen him before. We have Golit. Nice, nice. I think both of both Trimeco maybe maybe Trimeco's only psychic. Uh, Golet I think is ghost at least. Yes. We have Corfish. Nice. Ooh, and then my like shinier card, whatever they're called, I don't know. I'm not that well versed in the lingo. But I have um Manaphy with a, an ability called Wave Veil. Prevent all damage done to your bench Pokemon by attacks from your opponent's Pokemon. I've got a couple of those. I don't think I have that one, so I might want it. Ooh, and then I have Tornadus. Uh, normal type. Um, or uh, Let's see. Ability. Sudden Cyclone. When you play this Pokemon from your hand onto your bench during your turn, you may have your opponent switch their active Pokemon with one of their benched Pokemon. And then Blasting Wind for 100 damage. Nice. Yeah. Kind of cool. And then I got a fighting energy for your fighting type geodude. Which can be fighting. <sighs> I mean, there's no rock. Ooh, and Grottle evolves from Turtwig. Ability, Sun-Drenched Shell. Once during your turn, you may search your deck for a leaf 
Pokemon, or grass Pokemon, reveal it and put it in your hand. Then shuffle your deck. Ooh, double turbo energy. That'll be good for um, mm, cool. Tornadus. Ooh, and Torkoal, fire type. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I think I've seen it in a show or something. And then that's that. So that's what I got. That that's was fun. That's cool. All right. And well, we'll try to do that maybe at least on some of the adventures episodes, um, if not the gaming ones. Uh, make that a little bit more regular because we do like collecting our cards. We play sometimes, but most of the times we just like getting them. They're fun to open. It's true. And see if you got a cool card like. And if you, if any of you listeners ever want to see them or whatever, I can, if, or if we like the ones that we think are cool, maybe I'll post them on, um, the Facebook group and stuff. Oh, speaking of, we do have a Facebook group now, Roots Through Pokemon, so you can always go there if you'd like. And we also have our email, Hunterfieldmanor at gmail.com and you can find us uh, the podcast itself on YouTube at Hunterfield Manor or Spotify or Apple that is where we're at for now so thank you very much for listening and we will catch you back in Saffron next week bye bye